I don't fully understand this yet, but I swear to God, the the things that we create, whether they're songs, photographs, poetry, writing, whatever, movies, whatever it is that you are creating right now, I'm really starting to get a strong feeling that they have a will and energy or like just preferences of their own. I really am starting to feel strongly that they are alive. Lies! Lies, do you hear me? Give my creation life! He's hideous. He's beautiful. And he is mine. Okay, this isn't a master thesis. This, this is what I think about it. No, the, like, like the majority of these Daily Guinness episodes, this is a unhashed out thought <laughs> that I just have this feeling that I haven't quite figured out yet. So before I even go any further, if you have thoughts on this, if you specifically if you disagree or if you feel like I've missed something here, if you're listening on Spotify, they ha- are starting to implement these polls where you can share your ideas. So you can share it below. Just clink, uh, clink, clink your glasses and click the link below to uh, check out uh, however, whatever this poll looks like on that platform. Share your thoughts with me there. If uh, you're not listening on Spotify, hit me up, thecuriouspod.com slash contact or on Instagram. I'm going to post today is January 25th, 2024. I'm going to post a photo of this thing I'm talking about and hit me up there. I'd love to hear from you specifically if there's something I missed or if there's something you can add to this thought, uh, because I do think it's not fully hashed out. And here's what I'm talking about. I, over the years have really started to believe that ideas and the things we create specifically things that we create that go off of a screen and into the actual tangible world that they have a sense of aliveness or preference or movement, or there's something otherness outside of my will that I'm forcing on the things I create. Now, here's where all this thought comes from and an example of the reason I'm talking about today. First of all, a few years back, I read a book by Stephen Pressfield called The War of Art. This book is freaking incredible. Yeah, I think I think it's The War of Art where he talks about uh, ideas and the reasons why we need to act on ideas kind of being twofold. Number one is that ideas don't just come to us. If you do not act on an idea, they go off into the universe to find somebody that will act on them. Have you ever uh, been watched? Have you ever like stumbled on something made by somebody else? You're like, what the hell? This is the book that I had an idea to write like 10 years ago. Oh my gosh, I literally had this idea for this song back in the day. I never wrote it, but this is exactly verbatim the idea that I had. I think there's something actual, maybe not uh, like just uh, there's something to this. That if we don't act on things, and for, for me, I've had that happen so many times where I've really put a massive priority in my life to act on ideas or at least like write them. There's something about even writing our ideas down uh, that is important that impacts all of this. And the other reason he said that we need to act on our ideas is because we naturally think oftentimes that we have one or two uh, options. 
when it comes to the ideas that come to us. One is to act on them and give them life and movement. The other one is that, okay, we just don't act on them and nothing happens, nothing changes. And he talks about the fact that our soul or our, our being within us is like a river. And if we are not acting on our ideas and bringing them to, into existence, that we're actually poisoning ourselves. Doing that enough poisons the water. And we slowly, like, I don't know if it's run out of ideas, but for me, the for me, I think of it like again, a tap of Guinness. And when Sarah and I uh, last year were in Ireland, we found ourselves in this great conversation with a pub owner. And he was talking about the need for there to be a constant flow of Guinness for a pint of Guinness to be good. He said, if you go into a place and nobody's there and it's just dead, you're, you don't plan on getting a great pint of Guinness. And he, he says that actually his number one litmus test for if the, if the pint is going to be good at a specific pub is if it's busy. If they're regularly pouring stuff, the tap lines are going to be clean and you're going to get a fresher pint. Chances are, I mean, there's other factors, but that is the main, that's the main thing for him. So I think I, I'm getting the vibe that ideas are like that. Or, okay, here's another example. Since we're talking, I just feel like flow. I feel like there's something about water. Oh, geez. Yeah, this is just coming to me right now uh, as these ideas are just free flowing. I, uh, pun intended. Uh, I think there is something to have to do with water and flow when it comes to energies. So, I've always thought of it as here at our place, we live in our places from built in the 1920s and it's old and the plumbing's old. And so for me, I get really, get really grossed out when I get up in the morning, I pour myself that first glass of water right when I turn the tap on it, it's coming out lukewarm and just the, the plumbing. I just like, I, I just can like, I feel like I can taste the water that's been sitting overnight in it. So I have to turn the water on and feel after a few seconds, it starts running fresh, cold water. And Sarah gives me a hard time. She's like, you just obsession with cold. No, it's not about cold. It's about fresh. I need the lines to go through it before I trust them. Same with you at your place. You turn on the hot water. Chances are it's not going to flow hot water fast. That's why, man, the creative journey is so freaking hard to get back into it. Ideas, I feel like, are the same way. Getting back, like if you're not in a constant state of acting on ideas, I think things get a little stagnant and it's hard to get the flow going back in. Even like a writing session. If I find myself in a session with another songwriter, it's like I've, I I feel like we have to get the flow going for a little bit. If you've listened to the daily podcast, not daily, but if you listen to like the interviews uh, on the podcast or the long hour long conversations with people, typically I don't start those right off the bat for a lot of them. Sometimes I do. Like I start hitting record the second we sit down, we're going. But a lot of times it takes a second to get into a conversation and get the, find the rhythm and the flow of it. So a lot of times I'll jump right in. And so, cause I think that's really interesting to sound like, holy crap, we're right in the middle of an interesting conversation. So I feel like ideas are like that too. Uh, but even more than that, I've started to have this feeling that once we make something, and put it out into the world, that created thing has an idea, a preference, an identity of its own, where it wants to go. Like it finds the audience. I've heard a lot of things where, where people talk about like, you put something out into the world and you need to trust that it will find its audience. Um, I know I've talked about that ad nauseum here on the podcast, but 
An example, and the reason I'm talking about this today is I had a situation that was just like this. So uh, I have been taking for years backstage photos while on the road with music. And so I stumbled on two photographs that I previously thought were unconnected. And today I realized, oh, these like have formed a relationship with each other totally outside my own intention. And what happened was uh, two years ago uh, in 2022, I was playing a show with Caitlin Smith and we were out in New Hampshire. And so Oh, maybe it was New Hampshire. Maybe it was Massachusetts. I don't know. Anyway, either way, we were we were playing a show, and uh, I took. There was a moment. It was dark, and uh, when you play bigger festivals, a lot of times there'll be the big stage, and then behind the stage where you can't see, oftentimes are trailers or uh, like these modular storage units that are converted into dressing rooms and bathrooms and stuff like that. Back behind the stage. So I found myself in a section of this or like four rows of it. And ours uh, was, it was really cool looking. So I was hanging out there. I was smoking a cigar after our show and I had my camera on me and this random moment where Raleigh walks out of the green room backstage trailer. Uh, and I snapped a photo and it was really cool. Cause it's like him coming out and there's this bright light behind him. And in the distance is my buddy, Steve Bosmans, who's playing guitar. He's walking off. So it just was this really cool composition. I just thought, hey, this is a cool photograph. I threw it into my archive. A year later, I'd forgotten about that. A similar situation. We had just played a show in Long Island, New York. And we were hanging out by our trailer backstage storage unit green room. And there was a moment where Caitlin was walking into the green room units. And I, don't know, I feel like, why am I describing this with every time I reference it? She's walking into our green room. So it's, again, it was the doors open, it's nighttime, and there's this bright streaming light onto her face. And uh, our, my buddy, Steve Bosmans was walking into the frame. It was, I, th I saw it and I thought, oh, this is a really cool composition where you got him uh, and her. I didn't think anything of it. I put it into my archive and then I was going through uh, my photos yesterday. And as I'm looking at them, for some reason, these two photographs f made their way together. And I realized, holy crap, this, this is a pair. Like it, it was so perfect. And if you want to check it out, if you're watching this, uh, if you're listening on Spotify, you should be able to check it out uh, in the, the episode image right here, or click the link to the show notes below. And in on that page, I'm going to put the full res uh, of these two photos on their own and the two of them together because I think it's just freaking brilliant. I love it. And I'm fascinated by this. And so I find myself like, I can't like these, like, I don't know I, what it is. Like the, do these, do they have, like, did they find themselves? Like, is this just happenstance or did the energy and the kind like the idea and the heart behind, did they find each other? And was like this meant to be. I all I know was it something in my subconscious that was looking for it. Is there a reason I was? I don't. I don't think it was intentional. Like I for sure it wasn't like at the the front of my mind intentional that I put these two together. It feels. It feels like they're alive and they are like have this now some sort of photographic visual marriage because I'm not going to be able to see one without thinking of the other now and. So I'm just thinking about this. I'm thinking about ideas, created things, 
and those having an alive soul to themselves. And I, I don't know. I don't have any answers to it. And so maybe I'll just leave you with this. Um, since I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, I'm just like crazy curious about this concept. If you, again, if you have any insight into this or any thoughts or opinions or like leave, send me a message or uh, hit the poll in the Spotify notes below. But I will leave you with this. This is a clip uh, from two talks that uh, David Lynch, the esteemed writer and director, what did I say esteemed? Why I never freaking say esteemed. I don't know why I'm saying that on a freaking podcast. Uh, David Lynch talks about ideas and he ta- describes ideas specifically as fish and that they're swimming around and his thoughts on this. So maybe I'll just leave you on this side of things. David Lynch talking about, again, pff, holy crap, fishing, streams, water. What is it? Is there something here? I don't know. Here's a couple thoughts, possibly overlapping by David Lynch. Some, somebody send help. Ideas are the number one thing. And if you have some, it if you have the first idea, that's the most critical one. And then I say it's like bait in fishing. That idea will, if you focus on it, it'll, it'll draw other ideas in. And, but you don't know, like fishing, you have to have patience. You don't know how long it'll take, but if you keep focusing on it and, and wiggle the line a little bit, it, it'll bring them in. How interested are you in logic in any traditional sense? Because some of the things do. No, no, all of them have a logic. I'm very interested in logic. But there's logic is not like um, there's, there's a kind of a, you know, like um, there's, it, it goes to, toward abstraction there can be logical things that are abstract it's it's a I really love intuition I love intuition and to me what they told me is intuition is the intellect and emotions swimming together it's like a knowingness and a logic means it feels correct and it's logical. It's logical, but not in a, in a kind of a, uh, there's degrees of it. Do you feel that people, when they see films in the movie theater, are expecting too readily something you've explained away by the ending? Basically come out going, oh, I know what it was about. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. And that's very satisfying. Um, to, to know what's going on. But at the same time, I love abstractions. And, and the power of cinema to tell abstractions is huge. So um, it's as if people either don't have so much intuition or they don't trust their intuition or whatever. And there's... Um, there's a lot of noise in the cinema. And if you're not paying attention, because every little thing has is, is got to be right, 
and and you can you can kind of you got to get into that world, uh, and then trust your own intuition. An idea comes, and you see it, and you hear it, and you know it. How does it come? It comes like on a TV in your mind. You know, there's a, a line I've I've always loved of, of Leonard Cohen. He said, if I knew where the good songs came from, I would go there more often. Absolutely. <laughs> People, we want, I, we don't do anything without an idea. So they're beautiful gifts. And I always say, you desiring an idea is like a bait on a hook. Yeah. It can pull them in. And if you catch an idea that you love, that's a beautiful, beautiful day. And you write that idea down so you won't forget it. And that idea that you caught might just be a fragment of the whole, whatever it is you're working on. But now you have even more bait. Thinking about that small fragment, that little fish, will bring in more. And they'll come in and they'll hook on and more and more come in, and pretty soon you might have a script, or a chair, or a painting, or an idea for a painting. But they come as in small... More often than not, small fragments. I like to think of it as in the other room, the puzzle is all together, but they keep flipping in just one piece at a time. In the other room... Over there. <laughs> in, in a sense, David, there's always another room somewhere. Mm, that's Let's, a beautiful thing to think about. Let's think about it a bit. No, you think about it. Rob Morgan is an internationally touring bassist on a journey to discover what it means to live a curious life. At thecuriouspod.com, you'll find an archive of conversations reported all over the world, a map of recording locations, a weekly newsletter, and official podcast merchandise. Rob is recording a daily podcast where he's sharing insights into the creative journey and the secrets to living a curious life that he's discovered from over a decade of traveling the world with music. We here at Curious Endeavors have told him this is probably a mistake, and he's in Egypt to attempt it. But he won't budge, so that's where we're currently at. We hope you'll enjoy.